You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to JRG, JRE for Genevieve, <laughs> episode nine, I believe. Um, I have uh, one of my favorite guests here today, <laughs> William Sloan. Uh, Genevieve, love you, buddy. Here we go. Just uh, last week, I was just here by myself, kind of went over the last our first few episodes and uh, talked about them briefly, but also talked about kind of narrowing the scope of the podcast to kind of uh, our relationships and education and work kind of buckets. Um, I think everyone has experience with those. Just about any experience, you know, involves one or more of those buckets. And I feel if um, we can give some advice, you know, Along those lines, and Genevieve could be healthy in those three buckets. That'd make me happy. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty important buckets. Uh, yes. Sorry if I make noise. I'm going to eat a mint. Oh, not at all. Can, can I just tell you? So, did you get the Kobe news? Yeah, that's terrible. What the yeah. crazy? You know, I'm not. A, I don't, I'm not like a huge basketball fan, but man, no. he, he just seemed like a genuinely good guy. It just that sucks. Uh yeah, and the fact that you know he's young, yeah, yeah, yeah he's, got he's got young kids. kids, yeah. One unfortunately was with him, yeah. Uh, Jeremy Kobe Bryant, uh, uh, I don't know, Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, well, he's already in there, uh, basketball player. But no, he was up. Uh, I think twenty twenty was the first year that he was eligible for the Hall of Fame. Oh, really? Yeah, I read that today. Well, and he, I just read an article because he was at the Lakers game. LeBron just passed like his scoring mark or yeah. something. And, uh, yeah, Ben texted me and it's just, that really sticks in your face, man. Just nothing is. Yeah, I remember. Disappear like that. Yeah. That's tragic. Tragic. Yeah, he, he's beautiful to watch. <laughs> he's very artistic. Yeah. I remember as a kid watching, mm-hmm. you know, Seeing him on the fronts of newspapers and magazines, and we came right out of high school. Yeah, and I thought it was so cool too because he had this interesting background too, like being in Italy and yeah, and then being drafted right out of high school. He looks like some Italian lead, I think. Yeah, Jelly Bean Bryant or something like that. Yep. But uh, I was like, man, this kid's like the same age as me, and he's doing shit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, he's our age. Yeah. 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 And that's. Yeah, that's the only retired a couple of years ago, but that's just it's one of those wake up calls that don't wait till you're retired uh life's fragile. Very fragile. Yeah. Yeah. Very fragile. Yeah. Anyways, uh sorry, that was just thinking about that on the way over. Um so we're gonna go with your kind of perspectives on these <laughs> three buckets. And kind of last week, I was talking about how um, I felt that these buckets were important, but I only have the one perspective on all of them, and everyone has a different one, all valuable, interesting. Um, so I know you had a couple things, I think, more along the lines of what you wish you had learned. Yeah, originally, I think earlier in the week, we had talked about, or even last week, uh, we had talked about things that... Uh, we wish we would have been taught, yes, or learned as a, you know, a younger person, right? Uh, and and yeah, and and all those things aren't difficult things. 
Um, do you think if you told yourself those things when you were younger, you'd have listened? I guess it maybe depends on the particular piece of advice. No, and I think maybe it's, uh, it depends on the age too because yeah. some of these may be more advanced concepts. Yeah. Um, but some of them definitely not. But they're advanced, but I think we underestimate, you know, what kids can grasp and take oh, hold of. Definitely. And, and even even if you, you know, simplify them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, all these can, can be definitely uh, can definitely be simplified. Yeah. Um, well, do you want to take the lead? We'll go over yours and then – no, I mean, I have like a, just some notes I jotted down, but um, the first one, you attract what you focus on. Uh, yeah. So, it, you know, I, I like just, that. yeah, it uh, just hit me. But mm-hmm. like, um, you know, like you've read studies how like people, if they veer off the road, you always think, don't hit the telephone pole. Don't hit the telephone pole. And they hit the telephone and pole. And they hit the telephone pole. <laughs> but it's like something as simple as that, you know? Yeah, in a negative way, yeah. Katie and I, were, we were sledding a couple years ago and uh, a huge sledding hill. This tiny little ramp in the middle. I might even show you the video. You told me about it, yeah. <laughs> She's doing it, just don't hit the ramp and straight for the ramp and over. <laughs> you go toward exactly what you focus on. Yeah, and that's interesting. And I, I think the only caveat to that, because um, uh, Joe Rogan brings that up a lot, because it kind of goes along with that idea of the book, The Promise or whatnot. You you attract what you put out there. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, there's definitely that aspect as as long as there's um, activity involved and not just wanting it and dream boarding it. <laughs> it's like the Always Sunny Philadelphia show. Yeah, but you know what? The, the when they're doing their vision boards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the th- is that where they came with the pool? Was that the pool one? I think so, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and and if you talk about the problems, a lot of people say that's malarkey. Yeah. Dream boarding. Yeah, putting on a board is going to make it come true. And that's not the case. And it do- it is malarkey if there is no activity involved. And if the only you activity. Yeah, just because you legitimate. write it down once isn't going to do anything. No, right. you have to be focused on it consistently. Yeah. And over time. Yeah. Um, so you wish you would have learned what, when, when would that have been a good time to. Well, I mean, we've done the strength finders test. Mm-hmm. And my number one strength was focus. Mm. But I wish that maybe I would have known that earlier on, the yeah. importance of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you're younger, you focus on a lot of different things and a lot of things that just suck time or don't mean anything. Right. And all of these really lead to this last bullet point that I wrote down, which is think long term. Yeah. And basically in all situations, you want to think long term in in right. the regard that you just mentioned, relationships, education and work. Yeah. Like your career. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate some of us don't. You know, make it till we're sixty-five or seventy or eighty years old or whatever. But yeah, I think you still have to plan that way. Yeah, you still have to believe that you're going to live a long life and a healthy life and plan accordingly. Yeah, if you don't, you're really going to you're really gonna I don't know make it hard for yourself down the road. And and I think a lot of people think you know if you're always planning for the future. Um, 
you know, you're, you're sacrificing the present. But I, I don't think that's the case because no. I think all those daily activities that are preparing for your long-term future are also going to make the immediate, um, you know, yeah, more manageable, more beneficial. It sounds very unromantic too. Well, most you know, good advice is, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean like, oh, yeah, plan for 30 years out. Make yeah. a plan for that. It's like there's zero spontaneity and it's like, I don't know. Yeah, but I think in um, on the other side of that coin is a lot of the the goals or aspirations you have. Um, you know, people that might give up on them because they're on this shorter timeline or they're not looking that far ahead. Yeah, but if I think you know thirty, forty years ahead, um, you know, say I want to learn the piano or something, um. But, you know, I might not learn it for 10 years. But when you're on a 30-year timeline. Right. Yeah. It's not as, it doesn't give you as much anxiety about some of those bigger goals or whatnot. No, and it can be a little disheartening too, though, if you look at something like that. You're like, man, I've spent 30 years trying to learn <laughs> dang piano and I can't play a song, you know? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But. So focus and think long term and yeah. you kind of attract what you focus on yeah uh, yeah yeah really I, I don't know i just wrote that last one down i think yesterday or two days ago and i was like you know what it just kind of hit me i'm like really you should be doing this in just about every situation that you come across yeah well because i mean uh, it eliminate a lot of tv watching <laughs> uh yes well definitely the long term in all three buckets definitely the focus in all three buckets yeah um and then the same thing kind of attracting what you put out there yeah in all three as well and, you know something that we've read uh, in those self-development books and heard from tony robbins seminar yeah. and everything is um that you're the average of the people that you spend the most time with mm-hmm I think that's also kind of important. And I think yeah. as a kid, my mom probably tried getting that across to me and I just maybe didn't listen. But yeah, uh, there are a couple of, a couple times in my life where that's happened and I've kind of, I've definitely just changed course right. dramatically. Yeah. Um, one was, I, I, you know, I was in junior high and getting in a little bit of trouble and, you know, smoking weed and everything back then. I'm mm-hmm. only... I'm pretty young. Sorry, Jeffy, you shouldn't do that. But, um, you know, I did. And I realized, though, that, you know what? You just kind of look around and you're like, I don't think I want to go down the same path as these people. Right. I don't think this is the the best situation for me. Which really takes thinking long term to some degree. Because, I mean, long term in middle school is a year maybe. Yeah. I mean, they're not really thinking a ton past that a lot of times. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, you – and maybe I've just always been geared that way, but um, yeah, if you're not geared that way and you understand that as at an early age, I, I think that's helpful. Yeah, and and to know to recognize that and to change course, you know. So last semester of seventh grade, I got a one point six GPA. Mm-hmm. First semester of ninth grade, I got a three point seven GPA. It's awesome. So like during that summer, it just kind of hit me, and I was like, Nah, yeah. I can't do that anymore. Yeah, and. uh so yeah, that's one time, and then another time I was um, 
toward the end of my poker playing career. <laughs> you know, and when I'm looking around at all these middle-aged guys, you know, in their 50s and 60s or whatever, and they're some of them are toothless and, you know, yeah. drinking pretty heavily during the day and just smoking like crazy. And I don't know. It's just – it wasn't really the lifestyle that I wanted to live anymore. And right. so it's just – I was like, nope, that's it. Doing the cards and that, that was about it. Didn't want to play anymore. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that seemed like it would be hard to do after doing something for – There's actually one guy in particular that, that I – focused on mm-hmm. when I was playing cards and I said I don't want to be like this guy <laughs> but <laughs> could you have kept playing cards and not ended up like that guy uh, yeah but it's just yeah. you know then you're the average of those people that's what I'm saying oh, it's like right right so I'm spending seven hours a day with these people yeah. they're like co-workers so even if you're not like that no. still the, the, the they rub off on you yeah. exactly huh. it's their actions their I don't know, their frame of mind, their perspective on things, it just, it does. It starts to wear wear on you. Yeah. And, you know, then all of a sudden you're taking on their characteristics and it's like, oh, no, I don't want to do that, you know. This guy was pretty, pretty big degenerate. Yeah. But. That's, that's interesting because I think a lot of jobs you do, you could be doing the same job. But if it's a different location or a different company, the people around you are going to be different, and that's vastly going to change the, the yeah. experience there. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you affect that? Because most people are in jobs where they're not picking their coworkers. You can be proactive then. If you're, not, yeah. if, if you're surrounded by people that uh, don't have the same motivations as you or, or same goals in life, you got to – yes. Find a different peer group. Like you got to move on. Yeah, no, I I uh, I agree. And for relationship, that's huge, including work relationships and in school. Yeah, but it's crazy if you think about it. <laughs> you probably spend the majority of your adult life with people you didn't choose. Yo, I mean, yeah. forty hours a week. Yeah. Is. <laughs> Kind of, kind of wild to think about. It's so much time that you're spending yeah. with your coworkers. It's just like you yeah. were talking about how long your children spend with their teachers. It's right. It's the same, same thing. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So, like, if you don't have a good boss or, you know, somebody who has some good morals or ethics, you know, it's like. Right. No, it's probably not a good situation. You probably should just move on. Yeah. Or at least always be on the lookout for something better. Yeah. And I'm not, I've not done a good job with that at all. But that's, I don't know, complacency too probably. Yeah. But you're risking a lot for hoping you, <laughs> you're surrounded by better people. <laughs> yeah, right now I'm just surrounded by myself. <laughs> well, there's probably pros and cons of that as well. Uh-huh. Uh, surrounded by those two cats and my girlfriend <laughs> works from home. <laughs> All right. So you might find you some questions on these three buckets. All right, go ahead, man. Jamie, get some uh, different perspectives. Um, you know, I was actually thinking about coming over here too, which um, I don't know relates specifically, but do you remember your first memory? No. Me, me neither. I mean, I remember like the age range, but not one first one in particular. Um, but I was just thinking that, you know, the things that caused us to be who we are and don't run into people that can even remember the first 
four or five years of your life. But you got to imagine the experiences when you went through in those four years heavily affected how you interact and grow and evolve for the next 80 years. Oh, yes. But you can't even um, can't even think about it or try to figure out, you know, what you went through or how it affected you. It's like gone. I mean, you know what you've gone through just because you hear stories or you can talk to your parents or your siblings. Or... Yeah. I'd love to know what a two-year-old like thinks like. Like what goes through their head, yeah. you know, like how they process information, which I don't know. You, you hear about some people talking about probably like a remembering dog. further, but <laughs> yeah. So may, maybe that's it. Is it all short term and none of it's lo- logged in the long term or something like that? I have no idea, man. Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking about that. But. Yeah. My mom thought uh, when she had picked me up from the airport last time, um, we were talking about memories or something, early childhood, and and I told her I couldn't really remember anything prior to maybe I don't know six years old. Yeah, five, where I am, five four, or six. Five, six. Yeah, she's like, she just thought that was really weird because she remembers earlier memories. I think so. Yeah. 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 Huh. I think Jessica did too. Yeah. But I don't know. I just uh, I, I think people that know me would say that I probably don't have the best memory. Right. But me too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh but but I mean even going back in the memories you start to have and you think in how will you actually remember them. Um I might try to think a couple years back and remember details and it's not it's not there. It's not exact. <laughs> or or, or I definitely you're, don't you're, trust them to be accurate. They're definitely not. Yeah. And the farther back you go, how much more does that change? I think human yeah. memory is just so skewed. It's not it's not accurate at all. Yeah. People yeah. remember things based on how they either want to remember it or how they heard the story from somebody else after the fact or whatever, you know? Right. Huh. It's just crazy how that affects everything you do going forward. Yeah. And we can't really get into it. Um, you know, what's interesting about that is I don't know what made me think of this, but I always um, rely on Kevin for like high school memories oh, yeah. or like us going out and right. having, you know, drinking or whatever. So I always rely on him for like good stories. <laughs> Did you just know that he's got them stocked away. I know that thing? he's yeah, he's <laughs> he's the record keeper. <laughs> it is good to know that. I heard something about that uh, about uh, couples. Oh, maybe you told me. I told you that's what it made. Where me they remember. only remember like half of stuff because they rely on the other people for. Yeah, and that's half. why it's so difficult during breakups because it's um it's like a separation from yourself because yeah. you're losing. Like those memories you can't download that half of yeah information yeah, yeah. for long term. Huh? Well, sticking with relationships and not just you know personal, but friendships and family and that. Um, do you have any kind of fundamentals you'd go with that? Whether you wish you had known or you found to work out for you, just as far as you know, just what should people know? <laughs> Or, or what what you see that people don't follow and you're like I don't know. I mean definitely communication is yeah. paramount and not everybody communicates the same way. Uh 100%. Yeah, but it's it's uh I don't think I always remember that. 
I think you just no. When you're in the moment, you expect somebody to understand things the way that you understand them yeah. or see them. Yeah. And man, and when there's a conflict, it, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely a challenging. But like the, um, I think one of the last, I think the last relationship book I read was uh, the Five Love Languages. Oh yeah. So I think that would be important. Yeah. Is just a pick. I, I've always been a. a big proponent of uh, learning m- as much as you can about things that are important to you. And if sure. you know relationships are definitely important, you need them in everyday life. And right. if you want to be happy in the long term, then they're definitely important. So uh, Genevieve, pick up some books on relationships early on. And like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and people always thought that I was weird if I'm, uh, even when I was in that long-term relationship and I'm reading relationship books, Right. It's not necessary. Even when things were good, yeah, I'm still trying to learn about it. Sure, but um, yeah, and, and people feel loved in different ways, mm-hmm. which it was the important takeaway from that book, you know. Yeah, and there's a test that goes along with it, so then you can figure out if your significant other how they <laughs> how they you know feel loved. Yeah, which is fun. Yeah, because then you get to learn more about your partner. But but, but see. Isn't that important? Wouldn't that be kind of cool for kids to kind of grasp that concept? Yeah. And their their friendships and their work relationships going forward. It's like, uh, you know, it might just be like a, an indicator. Or what, what's that one with uh, the DISC method, kind of your personality type? Myers-Briggs. That that may be it. But what what if you ran into someone and everyone was taught this when they're little and they're like, I'm a yada yada. Yeah. And it meant, uh, oh, okay. Now I kind of know something about you. I know how to interact with you. Um, But, yeah, it just seems like it would help every area of their life. Um, Yes. I mean, if you got, yeah, hours and hours of relationship advice. Like these books you're talking about, that would be the perfect thing. Maybe not that specific one. For younger kids, but probably still so. Um, but because it's not telling them what they have to believe because there's so many different styles, but it does open up the conversation, which I think is the important part. Yeah. I mean, actually discussing stuff. Same thing with, with parenting or something. Uh, can you read a parenting book? We're not telling you how to parent, and people don't want you to because I'm sure there's a million different, um, you know, Theories and way philosophies of parenting, yeah. yeah. But the discussion on the different ways, I mean, you can discuss them. Well, why do you why does the author feel this or why do you disagree? I think that's huge. Is there anything like that for, for children, like to, to know how they communicate best, or is that just like is it just all guesswork? <laughs> um, at that age, yeah, I feel like it's just all guesswork, right. Because they can't accurately like do a test or I don't know. Is it yeah, is there an assessment of any sort where you can determine like how your child communicates most yeah. effectively or how your child feels loved? Well when I taught fifth or, grade there is that VAC test that was just said they're visual, audio or kinesthetic. Yeah. So I don't know if they're I don't think that's obviously that part of that. But if there's something that could go along that route, that would basically measure the same thing. Hmm. Um I feel like there should be something like that. Yeah, yeah. Seems like that help out new parents. Yeah, 
and teachers and classmates and yeah. basically anyone they come into contact with, right? Right. Yeah. Huh. Well, very cool. Uh, so relationships, communication. Yeah. No, it. another important thing is to know exactly how you feel about something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really good. You know, I, I think Do you ever really know exactly how you feel? I, we all use like some probably like four or five generic terms for everything. Yeah. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm yeah. happy about this. Yeah. It's exciting. Right. Like, can you dig deeper yeah. and really pinpoint exactly how you feel about something? Some even descriptive language. Yeah. Even <laughs> when you're, you know, partner, significant others, you know, irritating you, like, you just admit, like, I'm automatically saying that it's irritating, but yeah. it's like, maybe it's, maybe it's something else about that. Maybe, maybe she's doing something that, Makes me feel unimportant or right. something like that. Maybe it's something more for me to focus on. Why am I feeling this way? Yeah. Instead of trying to place blame on somebody else for doing something and making me feel a certain way. How I feel is because I feel that way. Right. Not because anybody else is doing anything. Right. It's how I'm interpreting the situation. Yeah. And then being open-minded because usually if someone is feeling different than you, at least in my experience, my first reaction is to be like, how can they logically feel that way? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me because it is different for me, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's hard to accept, yeah, beliefs other than what that are contrary to yours. Well, it's right? also hard to do that in the moment. I think it is more of a reflective thing and then changing f future behavior, I guess. Yeah. To be more, um, yeah, thoughtful, maybe. Why is it that most people just want to, uh, we want to bulldoze people into believing the same way that we believe, right? Yeah. And maybe not even bulldoze, but gently convince them, th thinking that if you just explain it one time, it makes so much sense to you that they're going to be like, oh, I never thought of it that way. That does make it's sense. It's not going to happen, though. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know either. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's big. And that kind of comes back to one of your character traits, just being self-aware and reflective and mm -hmm. um, considerate. And that's one of mine with relationships. Just be nice. <laughs> be nice, yeah. <laughs> Which sounds super simple <laughs> and definitely generic, but... Uh, if you were arguing with someone and stayed nice the whole time, it's just a completely different dynamic. What it's going to do is piss somebody off who's upset about something. But <laughs> if, if you can still be cordial and use polite, you know, language yeah. while you're, uh, yeah. You know, um, what's that book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People? Oh, yeah. Was it Dale Carnegie? Is that right? Uh, Might have been. Um, yeah, where he's, he's, I think in one of the chapters, he said, if you want to defuse any situation, you just tell somebody that they are absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. My God, I've used that before and yeah. it works like a charm. <laughs> Dude, if you, sorry, can you explain this to me or why do I not understand? You uh, are absolutely right. <laughs> if you are wrong about something, you yeah. admit it immediately and you tell the other person they are absolutely right. It will defuse any kind of situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it, it was in the same one where um, instead of getting louder, you get softer. Yeah. And that, like, pulls the power to your end. Yeah. But but that's the thing is I don't 
kids are definitely taught to to speak, but I don't think they're thrown into a lot of situations or practice a lot of situations where, um, you know, your natural re- reaction to this um, experience might be to tell this other person off. How can you say that exact same thing with different verbiage and words and you tone? You just don't need to tell the other person off. No, but you can you can still let them know that uh, you don't like what they did or you know yeah. how performed or whatnot. I think that you just yeah. say that. Yeah, like it makes me feel a certain way when you do this. I don't like that, right? Or whatever you know. That's the thing is not not using a bunch of you statements because yeah. that's offensive, right? Or being on the offense and yeah. attacking somebody verbally. So you learn that, and I've learned that in relationship therapy. Mm. <laughs> you know, you want to refrain from using you all the time yeah. because it puts the other person on the defensive. Hmm. But, yeah, so going back to that um, point you just made, it it reminded me of the, um, the emotional intelligence too. So, like, you know, having uh, the ability to – if somebody's really making you angry and so not reacting immediately. Mm-hmm. So you take that little gap between the stimulus and the response and you think very quickly on the best route. Yeah. And so having the ability to do that, or recognize that that even exists because I didn't even know that existed for a very long time. You that, know? Am I, that time? That little <laughs> gap between the stimulus and response. Yeah. I didn't even know that existed because right. it's automatic. If somebody does something that irritates you or makes you angry, it's yeah. like an emotional gut response to do something back. Yeah. You don't even think about it. Hmm. And I think that as a kid, oh my, I used to do that all the time because I remember fighting with my brother about, I don't even know what, but. Doesn't matter. Oh man. <laughs> Just things used to get super heated. Yeah. And like you wouldn't even, I don't know what caused it. And I know that I wasn't thinking things through. I wasn't using that little that little split second gap in yeah. between those to make a uh you know a rational decision. Yeah. I was just going straight from gut emotion and that was it was typically not a good idea then. <laughs> well, and I think emotional intelligence probably comes down to that split second. Yeah, that's or yeah. actually, yeah. Having Having a thought between the stimulus and the reaction. And, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. I see that as like, you know, some people want to use physical violence and everything. But I think that the real power lies with that gap. Yeah. And being able to choose your response instead of just being your response kind of choosing you or using your emotion, using you as a conduit. Right. No, you want to you want to control that, yeah. Because it, everybody uses like you can just be run by emotion. That's that takes no effort, right? But to to be able to control that and use it to your advantage or how you know, I don't know. I think that's uh, I think it's powerful. Yeah, and, and maybe it's not taught because maybe that's hard to teach or hard to train. But there, it seems like there'd be plenty of discussions, and then when they do get you know emotional, breaking that down and and stepping them or taking a step back with them, 
actually thinking about it, it shouldn't be that hard to train. It they have a discussion. No. It <laughs> and shouldn't. talk about it. And everyone has experience that can fall back on to Everybody has analyze. an experience. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. I think it would be super, super easy to pull an experience from the child's past and just be yeah. like, look, remember when this happened? Yeah. And you did this? Mm-mm. You know, I don't know. I, I I think that discussion could definitely take place. No, I like that a lot. Um, I'd like to get to all three, just jump on um, uh, education. So a couple questions there. Uh, we talked about, you know, what we wish we learned um, in regards to relationships. But a couple things. When you went to school, did you have like a, a goal in mind or did you know why you were there? Because I know I didn't at all. <laughs> that's where I went because that's where kids my age went. And yeah, you talking about college or just just like elementary school? Oh, I don't know. That just went because my mom drove me there, right? <laughs> and, and, and I think it's that's not like you a... have a choice when you're <laughs> in elementary school. No, but you, I think it would be helpful for them to you know start with goals even that early and yeah, be working I... towards stuff and have an idea of how they're going to functionally use the education they're getting. You know. Um, having people come in and talk to them, um, which I think could be super valuable. Mm-hmm. I mean, hearing someone like you talk when, you know, you're in middle school or whatnot, I don't remember getting any of that, right? I mean, as far as outside no. world penetration. I think most times a lot of people aren't can't, they're like, they're not totally candid with kids either. No, but that's kind of what they need, right? Candidness? Yeah. Oh, I totally agree <laughs> with that. Yes. Yes. Um, like, yeah. crappy things can definitely happen to you. You yeah. don't want to go down that road. Yeah. This is why. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you'll probably get the whole gamut. But, yeah, I think uh, hearing from people working on the outside of the education realm is, is huge. And what m- most people don't get that, even maybe through college, <laughs> but until after college. Mm-hmm. And if I think of my college days, it was kind of the same thing. Uh, you know, the professor there is talking, but I'm not getting a lot of, uh, I didn't do like an internship or anything. Maybe that would have been a different experience, but um, it's crazy. A lot of people don't, you know, get a feel for the real world till they're mid twenties. Right. That's crazy to me. It is. <laughs> Um. So, do you think it prepared you then for leaving the education realm? What? Just your personal experience? No, I think hanging out with my dad mm-hmm. prepared me for the real world. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's always owned businesses and had commercial rental property, and right. Um. <laughs> he's always just been kind of this entrepreneurial guy. Um. And very candid, yeah, very to the point, and not educated at all. He dropped out of high school. Well, not traditional education. No, but that's the thing. It's like he's had, yeah, he's got a different set of skills that he learned outside of the classroom, right? And so, I think that was very valuable, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, because I was getting a classroom training, but then I was also. You know, skipping school on occasion or hanging out with him <laughs> on days off of school or during the summer and yeah. driving around and collecting rent or going to his gas station and counting the 
you know, the mm. drops for the day and stocking coolers and, you know, pumping gas, changing tires, whatever, you know? Yeah. And so you learn all kinds of things. Um, and you meet some really interesting people. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just telling the story last night. Um, they were talking about shooting pool, mm-hmm. you know, playing billiards. And I was like, man, for my 15th birthday, I thought my dad was going to buy me a car and he bought me a pool cue. <laughs> 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 and, but we used to go shoot pool all the time. Yeah. And, uh, Dudes. yeah. <laughs> but even, um, when I'd hang out with my dad during lunch, We'd go and uh, he'd take his, you know, his two mechanics. Mm-hmm. So all four of us would go to Mr. Mike's bar in Ipsy and would shoot pool for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I don't know. Uh, like I said, 14, 15 years old, and I'm betting these guys five bucks a game. <laughs> like I, don't, I barely have any money. But <laughs> you know what's cool about that, though? It, it feels like pool's a game. That you could play for hours and really have some good conversations, you know? Yeah, but it also, man, it um, it kind of teaches you a little bit about mm-hmm. other people's psychology because mm-hmm. you can, it helps you, like, start to read people. Oh, the game of pool. Yeah, because, uh, man, yeah. if you get in somebody's head when they're shooting pool, <laughs> you can beat them every single game. Yeah. I had a buddy like this. And, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, we used to go and play pool all the time. But, man, if I started talking trash to him, he would lose every single game. It's just like <laughs> – huh? Uh, it's like some people you can just really rattle their cage. Yeah. But I don't know. So that's – I mean, even that's interesting when you're, you know, a teenager. Yeah. Well, even – Seeing but, how different people operate. Yeah. And there's no reason why these discussions can't be had. It's not like you're saying, you know, your belief system towards this subject has to be this and this and this. Yeah. But, um, yeah, discussions about mental toughness and what that is. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's interesting because that's one of the big ones that carries over into the non-physical world or exactly. sports world. Because I knew that I could rattle other people's cage. Yeah. I knew that it could also happen to me. Yeah. And so you have to prepare yourself for that. Yeah. Because you don't want to get off your game because you don't want to lose your five bucks or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to stay sharp. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Huh. Teaches you that, too. You know, I think it's cool about that, too, is not only it's, uh, you know, a business person coming in and talking to you, but I think there's something in his day-to-day is probably a lot more exciting and not as monotonous as a lot of people's day-to-day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But But just seeing that a job isn't, so much, you know, what it's called. It's it's the daily, you know, uh, boring. <laughs> I mean, but it's but there's a grind. A, yeah, yeah. And, and and a lot of the job is, um, you know, what you think the job is is actually just a, you know, a quarter of it, and the rest of it is, um, you know, paperwork and you know, meetings and going through processes and yeah. That reminds me of. Uh, Parks and Rec episode I just watched yesterday. Andy Dwyer wants to become a cop. <laughs> so that one. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, well, no. um, so the, I think the computer gets stolen from his office. Uh-huh. And um, so they call the cops and he just comes in and takes report. And Andy's like, hey, well, we need to set up a perimeter and we need to do this and like do this and this. And the guy's like, look, man, I'm just here to take a report. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like totally burst his bubble, but. Yeah, it's just a grind. Yeah, 
Yeah, and 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 to keep that in mind when you're working towards you know something as far as you know the work world goes, because make sure you know what you're working towards. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Awesome. So that's uh some good stuff on relationships and education, um, and then work. Which we, you know, were kind of just discussing. So you saw him go through that. So I think it maybe it was more of a, um, the transition wasn't as shocking to you, I guess, you know, when you started getting your own job, just cause you'd been around it, you had a feel for it. Yeah. It's like, um, I guess my bit of advice would be don't be afraid to put in the effort. Like, yeah. It's no silver bullet, you know, it's like you need to, you need to put in the effort. And right. it's something that even a few days ago I was writing. I was like, you know, I was thinking about my older sisters. And I was like, you know, both of them really got pretty good work ethic. Mm-hmm. Especially my oldest sister, man. She's just, she's always just kind of busted her butt. She's always had multiple jobs. Like just, just really put in the effort, you know. Yeah. And you see that in my with my dad. He's always had something going on. And, I mean, just out all day long. Right. He's always... And if he's even when even when he's sitting on the couch or whatever, he, he's still thinking of different <laughs> business opportunities or things he can do to right. generate some income. Or does he like he enjoys it? Yeah, yeah. See, I think that's that's a huge part of that. And it is because it's it's, <laughs> um, it's interesting. Yeah, and the same reason why I'm doing it. I'm probably going down the same exact path as he is. It's because, yeah. um, you know, after sitting in the office for eight years, it's just. God, it's just that sucks. <laughs> it's, yeah. I prefer to be out driving around, meeting people, seeing properties, like you right. know, doing that stuff. Yeah, I know that there's some office work that goes along with that. If I want it to be a little bit more professional than how he's run his stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, it's part of it. Yeah. But you know, seeing him put in the effort, and then also seeing my mom, who you know was a single parent raising me and. Um, you know, she's working full time, going to school to get her bachelor's degree. And like she, for a long time, she was putting in a lot, a lot of long days yeah. to get what she has. And it's, uh, I know seeing that too, it's just, that definitely, definitely helped me to, to appreciate. And I don't know, I, I know I, it didn't hit me at the time that that's mm-hmm. what it need, that's what needed to be done. Right. But, when I brought my first rental property, shoot, I was over there till sun up to sundown <laughs> every single day, and yeah. you know, and then when I started went back to school for my master's degree, I was working full time doing that, and then still doing rental properties. Yeah, and I was putting in fourteen, sixteen hour days, and I mean, it's it's just a grind. Like you, you gotta bust your butt sometimes. Yeah, and and do you feel like you learned that mostly by your parents' example then? I th- Cause that's I think another so. one too. You you you'd want to be able to. I mean, can you inspire a whole classroom to get that, or how do you, or how do you think you got it if you don't think you got it from your parents' example? I definitely think I got it from them. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. but that's the other thing too. I mean, you can see it all day, but I guess that doesn't necessarily mean the kid's going to pick up on it. I mean, you got to lead by example. Right. Yeah. If, I mean, if you're just trying to teach your own kid, I think yeah. you have to teach them by example. If they see that you're not really putting in too much effort, 
doing anything, then yeah, I don't know. I think it might be hard for them to appreciate that or think that's what it takes. Well, I think put or give them opportunities to do it themselves. I think is is helpful, huh? But yeah, and I mean, what was going to be be a bigger indicator of your su- success in the workplace other than your work ethic? And that's, I mean, that's not taught or discussed, or it's like this. I don't know because they can't grade it or they can't measure it. Yeah, they don't I was, teach it. I was talking to my brother, you know, a couple of days about this, a couple of days ago about this. Um, uh, there's something I'm working on. As you said, um, there's a situation. I was, so you know, what? I'm not, I'm not going to approach it this way. I'm going to do it this way, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my integrity, yeah. and you know. It just seems like morally right for me to do it this certain way. And that's the way I'm just going to approach everything. Yeah. And, you know, if it doesn't work out in my favor, it doesn't work out in my favor. But as long as you keep your integrity and, and you know, stay consistent with that, I think that's right. the best approach. If Things might not always work in your favor, but as long as you stay true to yourself. and You feel good about it when it does. Exactly. You don't feel like you. <laughs> you feel like you really earned it. Yeah, and you deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That is all good stuff. Uh, we talked about balance a little bit on the last podcast um, and in the workplace. Um, I think we got down to knowing what your values were and how single-minded maybe you were. Uh, if you have a lot of priorities or goals that you know are equally important to you. Maybe balance is more important, whereas if you have just one or two, maybe you, it's overrated. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how you prioritize uh, those things. I think so, everyone does it differently, right? If Oh, everyone do, definitely does do it differently. Um, yeah, I, I don't – yeah, I don't know. I, I believe that if you want to be truly successful in one area of your life, that it – it does need to be out of balance because it's yeah. going to need all of your focus and attention. Right. Um, that's just what I believe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not, but. It sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think just w- maybe what I'd uh, tell Genevieve is to maybe just know what you are working for, uh, what you're trying to get out of your job. Hopefully it's more than just, you know, paying the bills and it's something that you enjoy doing or definitely do something you enjoy. Don't like, despise going to or no, even, you know, just the other day too, I was thinking, you know, some days I really miss having coworkers. Yeah. You know, like I miss you guys, but and some days, some days you know, like, <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> no, but so just to appreciate things in the moment. And, yeah. Cause yeah. shoot, you know, you, on crappy days, you definitely don't want to be around other people, and, and you take that all for granted. But yeah, you know when it's not there, then you're like, oh. <laughs> be nice to play cornhole at the office with Luke today, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's a, and that's a hard thing too. I think too for, to to instill, and in not just for kids but adults, what they have. Um, because if it's just normal, you don't assume it's something to, you know, appreciate or. No, that those were two things that I put on my list here of things I wish I would have been taught as a younger person. 
is mindfulness and gratefulness because yeah. I would I just really I don't remember being taught those things right, but I definitely have learned them. Yeah, uh, mostly due to just kind of picking up meditation a few yeah. years ago, but uh, it's nice to yeah. to be present and to be mindful. But also, I mean, every day in my journal, I, so I journal every morning, but, you know, I write down at least three or four things that I'm grateful for. Right. Some days are stupid, but, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. but some other days it's like, your brain thinking that way, at least. Yeah, yeah. And some other days, it's like, you know, it really does kind of fire me up a little bit. It's like, things are really going good, you know? Like, yeah. shoot, I got all kinds of cool things in the works here. Like, and life's good. Yeah. And, I mean, Jeez. it just, it gives you a little pep in your step in the morning. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of That's kind of nice. Uh, yes. No, I think gratitude is huge. And I think that goes along with kind of just... And overall humility about what you know and and I can do, but uh, yeah, that's huge. Every kid should learn that. <laughs> yeah, but when are they taught that? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, hmm. I'm gonna have to come back to that one. Do, do Mindfulness you, too, I think, is important. Uh, yeah. Well, I was thinking about that. Uh earlier this weekend is how much brain time we spend thinking about the past, how much we th- spend thinking about the future. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we reserve very, very little for being in the moment. It's like it doesn't exist. It seems like if you're not meditating yeah, and you know, taking that time to have that be your top priority, it's either one or the other. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of sad. Yeah, especially, I don't know if it's that true or not, but I've read before that if you th- when you think about the past more frequently right. than it causes, you know, a sense of depression. Yeah. And if you focus on the future too often, it causes anxiety. <laughs> so. And so how do you fix that? Do you think about them both evenly? No, you think or about still an just issue? now. <laughs> think about now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but even if you don't, if you aren't present all the time, it really seems clear that most of us aren't present enough for it to be, you know, or or if we were present more, it'd be a lot more helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know how I f- um, I'm futuristic focused. Mm-hmm. So like I'm I'm just geared. I'm wired to think more ahead than I do about the past. Right. So I know that causes anxiety sometimes. I yeah. kind of get a little worked up, but mm-hmm. um, I never had a panic attack or anything like that. I'm always pretty low key, but. I know that sometimes it does cause stress or anxiety. Yeah. But I'm not, so, like, I'll do things because the mindfulness, it helps me recognize that that's occurring, Yeah, you know, in my body. Yeah. And so, like, I'll, I'll make it a point to go for a walk in nature. You know, mm-hmm. just kind of, like, I go to Mayberry all the time. Just, mm-hmm. like, I'll go walk around the woods by myself, whatever. I don't listen to, any, I don't listen to podcasts anymore over when I'm walking. Mm-hmm. Just kind of taking it in. And sometimes I'll just sit there and just kind of breathe in the cool, fresh air, or, you know, watch the trees sway or whatever. And, I mean, it's nice. Isn't it weird to think that it used to be flip-flopped? Like, people would probably spend 85% of their time doing that. Oh, Outdoors. Man, yeah. Not a lot going on. Yeah. And then 10% of the time is they were 
busy or their their minds were focused or you know did you read that study um i wonder did i think maybe we talked about it there was a study not too long ago i think that um if you even if you looked at a picture of nature for 20 minutes it decreased your Uh, blood pressure or something anxiety yeah (laughs) yeah that's why all the screensavers are <laughs> yeah. nature-driven. Landscapes. <laughs> yeah, that, that does sound familiar. I forgot exactly what it was, but it was something like that. Um, I mean, it, no. that just tells me, like, man, I need to spend yeah. more time outside. Yeah. That's that's mind-boggling. Yeah, I think when I go jogging very slowly, doing it, like, inside on a treadmill versus outside where there's fresh air is night and day. Yeah. Yeah. Much rather. I'd rather be outside any day of the week. Yeah. Uh, yes. Even in bad weather, I'd rather be in bad weather than yeah, <laughs> no fresh air. Exactly. Like uh, today, we even went and walked around. Uh, I don't know. We were outside for like an hour walking in yeah. the kind of rain slushy yeah. mix, but what was it? fresh cold air. It mm-hmm. was cold. Yeah. Yeah, but it was nice too. It smells like, fresher when it's cold. I yeah, think. it does. <laughs> I agree. Now, it feels and, so good. And you're thinking about people that don't get that for weeks at a time, and oh, you're like, oh my goodness. Ugh. Exactly. Sad. It is sad. Um, well, I, I think that's good. We only got a, a couple minutes, but one last thing, maybe just to go along with your being present. Um, and, and maybe this isn't accurate, but I feel like when you're being present, you're kind of simplifying everything down to, you know, you, the one moment. <laughs> so. This is where I find it's also it bleeds over into relationships because being present when you're mm-hmm. with somebody else is so important. Yeah. You know how it feels when you're with somebody and they're on their phone <laughs> looking at their screen. I just want to be there. And yeah, you're talking to them. They're like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. Not even really paying attention. <laughs> like, how does that make you feel? Like, like you're unimportant, yeah. right? Just kind of like, eh. <laughs> Luke, come on now. So, um, yeah. So I just yeah. try to do that. And I noticed this yesterday when Jessica and I were talking, like, you know, you just tune everything else out. Right. Just focus, make the eye contact, listen intently. I think that goes a long way. Yeah. And that, it, and I think that's just being mindful, just being in the moment and giving somebody your full attention. You know, it kind of goes along with that. And maybe Genevieve will leave you with this, whether it's with relationships or learning something or, or working. Um, that goes with the mindfulness part. And this is a stupid place to get it because I think I saw it off the movie, like The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise or something. That's a pretty good movie, though. <laughs> yeah. but, what? But with the part wait a minute, I, wait a minute. You don't like the movie? <laughs> it, it was all right. Oh, come on, man. I don't, I don't know. Tom. <laughs> as far as Tom Cruise movies go. Oh, maybe one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's okay. Right behind Tom right. Sorry. Don't worry um, about no, but what I actually got out of that movie that I'm connecting to this is where when he was, I don't know, captured by the samurais and he was being, you know, nursed to health or whatnot, uh, one of the, the ladies that was taking care of him um, had the the jar bucket of water and the rag and the spoon and everything. Um, but it was it was a time and, like, skill – and simplicity with a task as simple as, you know, refilling a, a bowl full of water. But it, it was about, um, you know, doing everything as well as you possibly could. 
And I think a lot of times, well, I mean, that's what I got out of it. I think a lot of times we're so busy with probably largely irrelevant stuff that um, not only are we not in the moment, but, you know, we're not taking time. Maybe we don't have the option to just choose five or six things that day and do them really well, you know? Um, I, I, I think, and I probably noticed this people taking notes in school. I took always, you know, really sloppy notes I couldn't read or whatnot. Um, and you know, you have someone, you know, next to you may take these real detailed, uh, coherent notes. And I think that's kind of this, I, I was doing it just to get done, you know, mm-hmm. just do it going through the process or going through the motion where, Maybe it takes a smidge longer, but you could really slow things down. And I think you get more out of, you know, every experience. You're not on autopilot. You're really, you know, trying to do things um, not a right way, but just in a mindful way, maybe. Um, so, yeah, Jenny, I definitely suggest, um, yeah, being mindful with all three of these. And I think that was a, a good word for it. Um, yeah, don't, don't worry about results as much as, you know, just putting in the effort, the extra effort and doing your best. And, um, that was really informative. Thanks, Bill. Yep. You're welcome. (laughs) And that's it. Thank you.